0: Newsletter, July 2020, The Retrograde Jamboree On July 1st, Saturn retrogrades back into Capricorn, where it joins Pluto and Jupiter. Both of them are already retrograde too and tightly conjunct. Meanwhile, Neptune is also retrograde, as is Mercury. Mercury stations and turns direct on the 12th of July, but the day before that happens, Chiron turns retrograde. And on top of all that, Eris, so often underestimated and ignored, makes its own station on the 19th of July, and it goes retrograde, too. If you like retrograde planets, July is the month for you, in other words. It's as if the cosmic carousel has reversed its polarity. Everything's going the wrong direction. I wrote about the Pluto-Eris square in my March newsletter. You can find that on my website. I don't want to repeat all of that material here, although it casts a penetrating light on what I want to explore in these words. Now, suffice to say that the clash of Eris and Pluto is, to me at least, the heart of the matter when it comes to figuring out why the world feels so crazy right now. What I want to do in this short newsletter is to have a look at what it means to see all of this retrograde energy happening now. All of the planets from Jupiter on out with the sole exception of Uranus, are going backwards all at once, with Chiron trading off a retrograde condition with Mercury towards the middle of the month. The situation is not unprecedented. It's happened before. But it does catch the eye. And as ever, at least from the philosophical perspective of evolutionary astrology, the planetary gods and goddesses are giving us a few tips about where to put our feet next. A retrograde planet is always going back over ground that it has already covered. It has seen those degrees before, but now it wants a second look at them. Right there, we see the essence of what retrogradation means in general. It is always ultimately about a review of the past, or at least it is an indication that a review of the past would be timely and helpful for smart enough to do it. With Mercury, that review might be a trivial thing. Did you really send that email or did you just think that you had sent it? It's easy enough to find out. Just have a peek at your sent box and make sure, one way or the other. Let's add one more scene. Let's say that you only thought you had sent that email. In that version, uh, where you review the past, the problem is easily solved. You see you didn't send it. You send the email, maybe a day or two late, with your apologies. But in the version where you did not check out your sent box, chaos ensues. Chaos which might have been averted had you only been willing to second-guess yourself, only been willing to review the past. An awful lot of Mercury retrograde horror stories could have been avoided by simply taking the planetary cue and reviewing the past. This is how we let the planets be our guides and our counselors, realizing that we are free to exist in harmony with them. They advise us, they do not control us, nor do they bombard us with fate. If you stop and reflect for a moment, this attitude of partnership towards the planets is in radical contrast with a common strain of astrological thinking where they are favorable or unfavorable and in which those planets are always doing things to you. Beware of Mercury retrograde. Your emails will be devoured by the Mercury monster. Hey, just check your sent box. You'll be okay. You might have made a mistake. Maybe you can fix it but only if you are willing to learn about it. And that quality of learning from the past is ultimately what all retrograde periods are about. Now, in this present cycle, Mercury is only retrograde until July 12th. And from the larger point of view, it is not such a big deal anyway. After all, it happens three times a year. But to have Eris and Neptune retrograde and Chiron soon to join them, and then to have a retrograde triple conjunction of Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto on top of it. Now, that is a major astrological event. It seems that the intelligence of the universe is giving all of us a big dose of the same advice. It is time for us all to review the past. How did we get to where we are now, both collectively and as individuals? By the way, that triple conjunction of Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto will never be exact in the sense of having all three planets lined up in the same degree, but it will be close enough to count. And it is surely fair to call it a triple conjunction. That is, that is because from the time Saturn backs into Capricorn on july first until Jupiter and Saturn leave Capricorn cross into Aquarius around the third week of December, these three bodies are never more than about eight degrees apart. By most standards, that orb is tight enough to qualify as a conjunction. And as we get towards November, they're a lot closer together than that. It's a triple conjunction. And don't forget, that entire structure is in turn squared by Eris, a planet whose dark side is connected with cutthroat competitiveness. Once again, that March newsletter dives deeply into all of that. The pattern of those four bodies, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, and Eris, all moving in lockstep fashion and maintaining this massive and echelon square while they are all retrograde, dominates July and August. During the three weeks between September 12th and October 4th, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all turn direct. Eris remains retrograde until January. So let's focus on the next 10 weeks or so. All the ghosts of the past are catching up with us. Let's also add that this has been going on for a while, gathering momentum. Pluto turned retrograde in late April. Jupiter and Saturn did so in mid-May. All that has been missing, in other words, was Eris, which turns retrograde this month and definitely adds another log to the fire. We have been in this period for a while, in other words, but it is coming to a crescendo over the next few weeks. Both Pluto and Eris relate strongly to unconscious, repressed material. Such wounds always take a terrible bite out of us. But the weird thing is that since they are unconscious, we typically are not even aware of the price we are paying. We are just diminished, and we don't even know why or even that it's happening. The good news is that when they are retrograde, maybe we can review the past and find the clues that lead us to the difficult truths and the empowerments which come from facing them. Meanwhile, Jupiter and Saturn are building towards their liberating conjunction in rebel Aquarius on December 21st. But first they must dance a few steps with Lord Pluto before they leave Capricorn. Now, when Jupiter meets Saturn, I always think of a pot of gold, that's Jupiter, on top of a very tall mountain, that's Saturn. The climb is ten times harder than we can imagine— and there's a hundred times more gold in the pot than we anticipated. It's hard, but it's worth it, in other words. Add Pluto to the mix, and we realize that determining exactly which mountain holds the gold requires some honest inner work, some Pluto work, some confrontation with unconscious material locked in the vaults of Pluto, not to mention Eris. Add the fact that all of this is happening in Capricorn, a sign oriented to tradition. Now, tradition can be a beautiful thing, but with Pluto in the mix, we are always called to face the challenge of shadow work. What price do we pay for continuing to get on with the past? That's the question about tradition. What is the dark side of reflexive social conservatism? And with Pluto retrograde, we add that in order to succeed at this shadow work, we must unflinchingly review the past. We must look honestly at what has brought us to this crossroads. All of this has enormous personal, private meaning for every one of us. Universally, for everyone, it's a good summer for personal reflection, and a good winter for it if you're in the southern hemisphere. The exact nature of what you need to remember differently there's a key phrase, remember differently depends on the specifics of your chart and where these planets are currently falling in it. But collectively, we see the handwriting on the wall. To see all of this enacted there on the wall, so to speak, all you have to do is watch the nightly news. You'll see it there. Now, Black Lives Matter has exploded, and there is a pervasive feeling that everything is different this time. We've seen that horror show before, but it feels different. We seem to have reached some kind of critical mass. Have we come collectively to a place where we can confront the reality of racist history, not to mention its fingerprints on the present structure of society. Can we confront them too? Are we brave enough to look at that? Do we have the stomach to look squarely at the past and reflect on what we have done and on what we have done in response to what was done to us? Always two sides of it with Pluto. What about COVID-19? That issue is not the moral kindergarten of thinking of cold-hearted murder caught in 8 minutes, 46 seconds of video. The moral issues with COVID-19 are somewhat more subtle. But how did our prisons turn into overpopulated death camps? How is it that we can say almost exactly the same thing about how we store Our elderly population, they're in death camps too. How did we create a society where an economic downturn is more frightening to some people than a half a million deaths? How did we wind up with leaders who seem to feel that way themselves? And tying all of this back into the larger issues of racism, larger issues, think for a moment about the overtones of the term the Chinese virus. That's racism too. These are all pressing headlines, not news to any of you. They, they are what we're faced with today. But just today, I happened to read that thermometers hit 100 degrees Fahrenheit inside the Arctic Circle for the first time in recorded history. The climate crisis didn't come up, come up out of nowhere, like poor George Floyd's murder or this pandemic. The climate crisis was a long time coming. As we review the past with all of these retrograde planets, we see the errors and distorted values that have brought us to this crossroads. What price have we paid for comfort and material prosperity? I think of the thousands upon thousands of gallons of jet fuel that I personally have conspired to burn in the stratosphere as I flew from place to place to teach astrology over the last 30 years. What have I done? Do I have any right to point a finger at someone who drives a Hummer? No, I do not. But I think we all need to point a finger at the Hummer itself. That is just the truth. And it is truth time. Shame, guilt, despair— They're not the point. Finger pointing and blame are certainly not the point. The point is an honest review of the past. It always comes down to that with retrograde planets. Let's look at what we really have done. Truth needs to be served up raw and cold and clear, whether it is about racism, or the dark side of modern economics, or the environment, or any of another host of issues. I won't recite them. You know what they are. And this is not only a helpful suggestion from the planets. Due to the laws of synchronicity, it is a command from the universe. The truth is saying, ready or not, I am coming. There may be many ample reasons presently for despair, but let's not lose faith or hope. Where does all of this lead? Is there a path forward? Astrology answers that question, too. Remember our tall Saturn mountain with our pot of Jupiter gold on its peak? In December, those two most massive planets in the solar system pull away from Pluto with their conjunction we enter a new chapter of human history. They cross the line into Aquarius, a sign which correlates with breaking tradition and shattering old patterns. They actually come fully together, these two planets, finally, just a half a degree into that sign. Capricorn and their dance with Pluto was really just the prelude for what arrives at the end of this year. If, we, if enough of us do, our inner work, if we reach that hundredth monkey critical mass, if we honestly review what has actually happened in our own lives with no excuses and no glossy rationalizations, humanity is scheduled for a fresh new beginning starting around December 21st. That Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in groundbreaking Aquarius is the pot of gold. Please believe in it. Your belief itself has power. The past may be catching up with us now. That's the way it is with retrograde energy. But at the next solstice, doors open to some kind of unprecedented and unforeseen future. It is as if we have been marching but first into the land of tomorrow. That's an awkward way to walk, but the good news is that it gives us a great view of where we have been. On December 21st, we turn around, and we face where we are going. Thank you.